fuck. Hello everybody and welcome to season two of Tea Time with Linz. I am Lindsay and this season I'm doing a storytelling edition. I am basically workshopping my one woman show that I'll be doing hopefully in June and basically I'm just workshopping a bunch of stories really and then for example this one is so fucking long that I'm probably gonna cut it for the show or like make it into a song or something else because my ex-boyfriend's not taking up that much fucking time in my show. Anyway, so here you go. Uh, just trigger warning, this is about dickhead ex-boyfriends. So if that is not your cup of tea, then... Anyway, hear how I broke up with him on his birthday. Alright, have fun, bye! So I started university and two months in, I got a university boyfriend! We actually met on this whirlwind trip, on a university art trip to New York City and we met on the airplane over. He was super tall, he thought he was super handsome, which he was to an extent, and he also thought he was somewhat funny. And after three weeks, he took me to Paris, which was one of my favorite cities. It started out as really, really good fun, and it was like what romance books are kind of made of. And I was just super, super into him. He was in his third year while I had just started. He was a computer major and whilst he was doing his degree he set up his own computer programming company while I was doing drama with film studies. He would surprise me and take me away for weekends to Europe and for a student that was living the mother trucking high life. There were a few issues though. My best friend Faye and my sister both couldn't stand him. Thought he was a massive tit. However I couldn't see why they didn't like him. Sure, yeah, he made me the butt of the jokes from time to time. And yeah, sure, he would show up unannounced on a girl's night out with Faye. But didn't all boyfriends do that? Pfft. Slowly, Faye, who went to a different university on the other side of London, we just drifted apart. To me, it just seemed completely natural. And I didn't quite connect the dots that maybe my university boyfriend had something to do with it. I hadn't even noticed that he had slowly started to micromanage my weight and what I ate. To me, he was supportive and a dreamy boyfriend. He listened to my dreams of acting and he was also so encouraging when I told him I wanted to go to the Central School of Speech and Drama. He would push me towards these dreams and I really liked that about him. That's what I needed. That's what I wanted. The first year went by like a complete and utter whirlwind. And when I started my second year, I had one thing that I had always wanted to do whilst being at university, and that was to do the study abroad Erasmus program. University boyfriend was all about me going on adventures. He was, like I said, so supportive. And so for four months, I went to study abroad in Spain. However, before I left for Spain, university boyfriend started to pressure me into taking some naughty photos so he could look at them whenever I wasn't there. I didn't agree at first, it did take me a while. In fact, it took me a real long fucking while. But you know, I was young, hopelessly in love and super emotional about being away from him for so fucking long. So then I didn't think about it and off to Spain I went. The trip that literally changed my life for the better. I felt like I had just completely come into my own and I felt like I was finally confident and I absolutely loved it. I love Spain, I love the weather, I love the people 
the university itself, and even though I wasn't a party animal, I must say I did enjoy partying. And when it was time for me to return back to England, I was actually devastated, like completely crushed. I felt like I'd just found my stride and met friends who I clicked with, and now it's time to go home. I was like, what the fuck? Going back to dreary London to a boyfriend I was now realising probably wasn't the best of boyfriends. The first few months were fine, I guess, as I embarked on my third year and final year at university. I started to wake up from my romantic haze that had been cast over me for so long. I made some new male friends, both in relationships, not that that even matters, but as soon as I mentioned their names to university boyfriend, he would flip a fucking lid and demand I never see or speak to either of them again. I didn't stop seeing them because we were friends. I just never spoke about them to university boyfriend. The thing that bugged me about that was that he still spoke and sometimes met up for lunch with his ex-girlfriends. <laughs> I always thought that I was being a really cool, open-minded girlfriend for letting him go and see them and me not being bothered by it. So that was a huge fuck off double standard for me. The moment my eyes were well and truly opened about this toxic relationship was when we went to Austria for a skiing trip. It was originally meant to just be us, but then he, of course, invited his two best friends, Kaz and Tom. We went ice skating as part of an organised outing with the hotel, and a new ski instructor was there, Michelle. Michelle was from Australia, and she was just starting her first ski season following day, and was super, super excited about it, as you would be. University boyfriend was too cool for school to go ice skating, so he just watched from the sidelines, and instead of being a well-mannered spectator, he thought it'd be hysterical to start throwing snowballs at the group. As I am skating around the rink, watching him throw snowballs, being a little bit embarrassed that that is my adult boyfriend, I saw a snowball headed right towards Michelle's face. He missed a few times, but he kept aiming for her. So I skated as fast as I could towards Michelle as a snowball is going directly to her face and she's completely unaware of this. My fast reflexes kicks in and before you knew it, I punched that snowball out before it could hit Michelle in the face. Michelle, however, thought, don't know why, that I was taking aim at her as she freaked out, fell to the floor, broke her left ankle, thus ending her first ski season over before it even started. Of course, I was fucking livid at this, but university boyfriend relished in this. He loved that I had been the cause of such a butterfly effect event and that I had been blamed. As you can imagine, the rest of the trip went downhill from there. I had met two women at the hotel and we had completely hit it off. They were also from England, they were from up north and they were so freaking funny. So on most of the afternoons they would come skiing with me. The ladies would go one way, the lads would go the other way. And the women had mentioned that we were going to go to the local bar for some apres ski, socialising drinks, after the ski day. University boyfriend started to ski off and as he turned around, in front of everybody, he says, if you go to those drinks, you're dumped. Then before I could respond, he was halfway down the fucking mountain. 
Tom turned to me and asked me, why was I still with him? Calling him a prick as he joined him. And the two women and I just stood there, looked on in horror. I did not go to Apres Ski. And instead, I skied for the rest of the day with a dark cloud hanging over my lovely head. Now, I knew I should break up with him, but I was scared. I was so scared. You know, the usual bullshit. Instead of going to Apres Ski with Catherine and Tracy, I went back to the hotel and waited. And waited. And waited some more. Until I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go and take a walk. As I start walking, I happen to walk past the local bar where I was meant to go with Tracy and Catherine. Who was inside laughing up a storm? Mm-hmm. University boyfriend. I charged into that place as if I were fucking Cersei Lannister baying for blood. I yelled at him in front of everyone. Something I have never done before in a public space. But I was livid. How dare he threaten to break up with me and then do the exact same thing he would have broken up with me for. How dare he? How fucking dare he? I went storming back to the hotel with a pathetic excuse of a boyfriend following behind me and we had the worst fight in history of our relationship. I finally plucked up the courage, pulled the trigger and I broke up with him. It was done. And as quickly as it was done, I felt this huge weight was immediately taken off my shoulders and I felt free. It was a rush. Fuck, it was liberating. And I didn't realise I was going to love it as much as I did. The next day, we left to go back to London and hardly spoke to each other on the way home. He dropped me off at my flat and before he left, he apologised. And then he finally said, you know, we're still broken up, right? You never said anything after you dumped me. Yup. But I don't want to break up with you, he said. And then just like that, we weren't broken up anymore and the sadness and feeling of isolation came flooding back as soon as it had gone. Months passed and we continued on this dying relationship, but he was being on his best behaviour. Then one evening he'd left his phone at my flat. No, no, I didn't do that crazy thing of going through it. But only because he would have known I had. Of course I was dying to go through it, obviously. I could think of nothing else. His phone's just sitting there, fuck's sake. He finally called me from his landline and we were talking about the next day. And when I asked if he wanted to go for lunch... He was like, no, sorry, I'm working through lunch tomorrow. I've got a busy day. Fair enough. Then he asked me to go through his phone and read some of the messages he had received. Yes, I was given permission to go through his phone, finally. Lots of messages about work. Boring. And then one from the woman from the ski trip. She wants to know what time you want to meet for lunch tomorrow. Followed by an echo of silence. 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 You would have thought that that would have tipped me over the edge. But nope. I stayed with him still because I was painfully insecure. Tit. 
A week later, I took him to my parents' house for a family dinner. It was a casual affair. Pretty fucking chill. He was making small talk with my parents when all of a sudden, he turned to me and asked, Lindsay, where is Indian food from? What? I was completely bemused. Was this a trick question? India, I responded. Without missing a beat, he responds, and it's not where you think it's from. Mm, okay. My parents looked at each other for a minute, confused also. All right. Well, if it's not from India, then Pakistan's right next door. So Pakistan? <laughs> it's from India, you idiot. The blood was racing to my cheeks. I'm feeling hot. And now I'm getting super flushed as he continues. Where's Italian food from, Lindsay? In a meek little shell of myself voice, I say, Italy. And it's not where you think it's from. Italy. I'm not falling for that bullshit again. I said, it's not where you think it's from. I'm getting really fucking angry. I don't know. Greece. What else is next to Italy? Croatia? Switzerland? I don't know. Where? Where is it from? Hmm? It's from Italy. How dumb are you? And then he starts laughing hysterically. Who is this wanker? Who pulls that shit? My father left the room and called me into the other room to talk to me. Uh Uh-oh. He says, if you don't break up with him right now, I'm going to punch his lights out. Oh. The first time I felt okay with my dad being aggressive. And I'd actually wish he punched his lights out, to be quite honest. I felt utterly humiliated. I was a smart, fun-loving young woman, but now I felt like a complete shell of a person after years of emotional bullying and gaslighting. A month and a half later, he left to go to live in the south of France for three months. He had started taking French lessons at the local college in Kingston. He would come back after each class and talk to me and tell me all about the teacher's assistant, Melanie. He spoke so much about Melanie that in jest, I said, if we ever break up, I bet you start dating her. I, of course, was still not allowed to mention any male name in my conversations to him. Also, remember earlier when I told you that I had gone to Spain? And I had said how good he was about it. Well, actually, he wasn't. He rubbed it in my face all the time. As soon as I got back and any time he wanted to do basically anything, he would bring it up. Well, you went to Spain for four months. On night outs or dinners with friends or lad trips, you name it, he brought it up. So he fucked off to France and honestly, it was pure joy having my freedom again. And just being able to see who I wanted, when I wanted, and actually enjoy my last semester at university, where I felt like I had just come into my own again. This was my time to see what life would be like without him around. And let me tell you, it was really fun. Really, really fun. The three months flew by, of course, and we had arranged for me to fly to meet him and drive his car back to England. And it was going to be a little fun European road trip. We would drive through the south of France and through Italy, where Italian food comes from, through Switzerland, back to France and then home. Before I had even left for the trip, I knew in my heart of hearts 
that this was going to be our last trip together. I'd already spoken to my friends, already cried about it. I just didn't like who I'd become when I was around him. In fact, I hated who I was. I was screaming at myself all the time for being so weak and pathetic. What an idiot. But I just loved who I became when I was without him. So off to France I went, spending the night sleeping on the airport floor to catch a stupid o'clock early morning flight. This was going to be the last time I'd ever do this. As soon as I got there and saw the place that he was staying in, it was a beat up but beautiful chateau where he and some others were working on computer programming. I could sense a change, probably because I'd already made my mind up, but also the fact that I hadn't seen him in months and that evening all he wanted to do was talk politics to the two Canadians who were also living there. That's what he did. He loved baiting people so much. If you had an opinion on something, he would have the opposite opinion and just grill you until you started second guessing your entire fucking life. So my first night in this big, beautiful place was spent listening to my dickhead boyfriend discussing American politics with two Canadians who literally didn't give a shit. They just kept trying to make their excuses to leave, but nope, he wasn't having any of it. Three hours later, I'm like, peace out, and left him there to continue. The next morning, we started our big road trip. This was it. The beginning of the end. It was his birthday, so I obviously had to play it cool. And the plan was to drive from Carcassonne, stopping off in Montpellier for lunch. Then to Nice with a stop off in Cannes. The whole thing was about a three to four hour drive. We get to Montpellier and we found a cute little cafe with outdoor seating. It's a beautiful day and there are so many tourists around. And even though the area was full of tourists, the menus and the cafes were all still in French. Not an issue, since university boyfriend was learning French. An expert, apparently. Unlike me, who had taken German in school, I had no experience in French whatsoever. So I asked my university boyfriend to translate for me. And instead of helping me, he told me that if I wanted to order lunch, I would have to figure it out myself and order in French myself. What major dick move. Major. Secondly, <laughs> this was just before the era of smartphones and internet everywhere. Needless to say, my little 2006 pink Nokia phone was not going to be able to help me translate this menu. So, instead, I sat back in my chair, threw the menu on the table, and stated that I wasn't hungry anyway. I was fucking starving. I was so over this guy. I was done. Completely, completely done. We continue our drive mostly in silence. Or, you know, with him making stupid remarks. I told him that when I got back, I had my central school to speak to drama audition. You know, what I've been aiming for this past three years. He turns around and he's like, you know you're not going to get in, right? Excuse me? You're not good enough to get into drama school. I shut down. Just completely shut down. Instead, I just go completely silent, tears are now streaming down my face, and I focus on the views. I'm excited to stop off at Cannes. Let's think about Cannes. I'm thinking about Cannes. Cannes, Cannes, Cannes. It's on its way. It's almost here. We're heading to Cannes. It was a place that I'd wanted to go for such a long time, and I was so excited to see this infamous place where the Cannes Film Festival took place. 
so you could imagine my surprise when I saw university boyfriend drive right past the exit and say that we didn't have time to stop as we had to get to Nice to be on time to see his friends for dinner. Well, we did get to Nice on time. In fact, we had hours before dinner. Hours. At dinner, I sat mostly in silence, and any time I did interject, I would get shut down with laughs from university boyfriend. That was fun. So I just stopped bothering. Just stopped. Trying to hold back tears of humiliation and anger. This wasn't living. This wasn't. It's, it's not. This is not fun. We made our way back to the hotel that overlooked the ocean, and out of nowhere, university boyfriend asked me for a birthday blowjob with a massive, shit-eating grin on his fucking cocky face. Then it was as if I had lost control of all my senses. Before I knew it, I broke down in tears, sobbing. I'm bawling my eyes out, trying to speak through sobs. I can't breathe. I can't do this anymore. And that was that. It was out. Verbal diarrhea is just exploding on the floor. His expression changed from super smug fuck face to sad little puppy dog within fucking seconds. And like that, and I couldn't stop myself from telling him all the ways in which he had hurt me over the years. It was finally over. I'm finally doing this. This is really happening. This wasn't going to be like Austria where we get back together. This was the end. I hadn't intended on breaking up with him on his birthday. Of course not. But when is there a right moment? That night I cried myself to sleep. But also I was feeling so free. The next morning we set off on our drive back to England in silence. You could have cut the atmosphere with a fucking dagger. It was such a blur. Lots of crying and silent treatment for him and him yelling at me and asking me why I was crying when I was one who'd broken up with him. The trip back went so quickly. So quickly. I, I don't really remember any of it. In a small town in the north of France, he asked me if I wanted to stay a couple more days so we could have some extra time together. <laughs> why would I want extra time with you? I said I needed to get back. I had a Missy Higgins ticket at the Coco Club in Camden and I needed to see her. I needed to see her so bad. That's when he knew I wasn't backing out of my decision. And he started yelling at me again, Missy Higgins, you don't want to stay here because you want to see Missy fucking Higgins. And yeah, I did see Missy Higgins with one of my girlfriends, Alex, who I'd lived with in Spain. Missy sang about love and heartbreak and Alex wrapped her arms around me and whispered, she's singing this song for you in my ear at that moment. That moment, I felt the most seen than I ever felt. A month later, I started drama school. I had gotten a place in Central and it was really fun. Massive middle finger fuck you to university boyfriend. He, of course, found out and wanted to meet up with me at the Swiss Cottage pub, which was right next door to drama school, and just give, you know, some items that I had apparently left back to me. We were actually having a really good time, and it took me back to when we first met. Had I made the right decision? Mm, Thing could be different, I thought. 
he had just gone back from Canada and he bought me this John Mayer's new album for me and I was like that's sweet I guess hours passed when all of a sudden out of nowhere nowhere he turned to me laughing thought this was absolutely hilarious and told me that he found a few of my naughty images dead serious I asked him if he deleted them <laughs> of course I deleted them not before I showed Tom a gas though he continued to laugh his head off as I sat there, like I had so many times before with him, feeling utterly humiliated, I asked him again, Did you really show them, or are you baiting me like you usually do? He stopped laughing. Lindsay, you really hurt me. It's not a big deal that they saw them. I know they both loved them. They both were probably wanking for weeks from them. How many times could this guy treat me like this? Completely humiliate me again and again and again and again i felt completely to blame for this he had done it when we were together and he's still doing it still the feeling of utter embarrassment and shame and all over ickiness was just clouding me it was such a huge violation of trust between the two of us i'd never in a million years intended to hurt him and yet here he was hurting me over and over fucking again and I couldn't I couldn't cope through clenched teeth and shaking with tears streaming down my face I told him what a tremendous piece of shit he was his laughter fading as he's trying to backpedal trying to apologize and just say it was all a big joke but I'm sobbing in this pub all I ever did around him was sob. I gathered my things, left the John Mayer album and walked out with him running after me trying to catch up. But it was just too late. A few weeks later, he started talking to me on MSN Messenger and he insisted that he hadn't shown Tom a gaz. But did I believe a word he said? Mm-mm-mm, not for one fucking second. I dropped all contact with him after that. I couldn't have him holding me back anymore. He had damaged too much of me and I just needed to be free from his gross, gaslighting, bullying grasp. Through mutual friends, I eventually found out that he finally moved to France for good and he was married. He was married to none other than Melanie, his old TA. Of course he was. <laughs> of course he was. Typical university boyfriend move. <laughs> 